you remember the night that the that we woke up and there was a squirrel in our bedroom? I do, and I thought you were lying because you overreact to everything and you you explode things into not believable realities. And I was half asleep, so I was like, whatever, I'm just going back to sleep. But I wasn't lying, was I? No, because you made me roll over and look into the bathroom and there was a squirrel sitting on the toilet. I mean, the thing was, was that it looked like a squirrel sitting on the toilet. It was just a squirrel chilling on the toilet. So you woke up out of a, out of a deep slumber uh, to find me uh, frightened by a, a creature that had just run out of our closet and into our bathroom. And you look in and you see a squirrel sitting on the toilet. Did you think that maybe you were dreaming? I thought maybe it, this was a horrible trick. And, uh, I, you know, I just remember being like, I don't understand why I have to deal with this right now. You may have already figured out by now, but the new episode of All Y'all that you're listening to right now is all about squirrels. The terrifying creatures that torture southern gardeners. And you hear them scamper across your roof constantly if you live where we live. <laughs> we sat down with a friend uh, named Chuck Smith, and he told us really an, kind of an awesome story about his personal um, journey to rid his life of squirrels. But there's a lot of really touching stuff in there, too. We really like Chuck, so I hope you'll enjoy spending a few minutes with Chuck hearing about his journey to combat the squirrel menace. My name's Chuck Smith. Uh, I'm a 50-something uh, boomer uh, and becoming more like my dad every day. I am a video producer and jack-of-all-trades in multimedia. I live in South Bossier, and I have this uh, thing about trying to eradicate squirrels in my backyard. Well, back in the 90s, my wife and I moved to a nice neighborhood in South Bossier. There weren't many trees back then. And um, so I planted a bunch of trees. And fast forward to the year 2000, 2005, these trees have gotten rather large. And with those trees have come all kinds of things, birds, domestic wildlife for a you know, middle-class neighborhood, if you will, including squirrels. At first, they were fun to watch. They were neat. Uh, they're kind of cute. And, you know, it's kind of nice to go out there and have your coffee and see nature at play. The problem, however, was once the squirrels started turning their attention away from my trees and the various natural elements, they started uh, destroying my home. Well, it first started with simple things like my wife's flower beds, for example. They would go in and uh, find ways to uh, destroy her uh, bedding plants. And uh, sometimes they would attack the plants. And um, then they started to molest my um, vegetable garden and my peach trees that I planted. And so much, in fact, that I rarely got any peaches. Then I noticed that the um, decorative beams on my patio started to uh, get smaller. They were chewing on them. The younger squirrels were teething, and they started chewing on this very expensive uh, landscape timber that uh, holds up my patio roof. Uh, and squirrels, I mean, they are cute and fuzzy, but let's face it, they're basically rats with better PR. So what I decided to do was take the humane approach and said if I could perhaps thin them out by trapping them humanely and relocating them, how hard can it be? I got a humane trap, a little cage box trap, 
uh, at first it started out with maybe less than 20 the first year and then the following year uh, almost 30. Uh, the third year roughly 26. Uh, that's not including the possums and the skunks and the armadillos that I caught which I of course relocated. And by the way if you do catch a skunk with a, a humane trap you need to be very careful when you approach it. Um, so be aware. But anyway this following year or this past year rather for 2014 the total has been, I believe, 44 squirrels removed from the period early spring to uh, early fall. Uh, the first couple of years, I looked for a suitable location that would not involve too long of a drive for me. Uh, I found a location near the Red River where there was a, a, an old pecan orchard, and I would drop them off there. Unfortunately, there's now a neighborhood that's developed there, so I think I've presented problems for those people by relocating the number of squirrels there. After the neighborhood developed near this uh, orchard, I thought I'd do these folks a favor and try to find an, another location, which I did, and it's not too far away from the home. Far enough where a squirrel would really have to be determined to want to come back, let's put it that way. And since they've got short attention spans, if you put them near a, a ready food source, they're going to be happy and thrive and probably be pretty complacent, and that's what I did. It was, there was a point where I was catching three and four squirrels a day. Not, not every day, mind you, but you know, some days I wouldn't catch any, and then all of a sudden, boom, there'd be four squirrels out there. I mean, two in the morning, one midday, one late afternoon, and uh, I would be like, okay, well, uh, I've got to manage my my squirrel relocation, you know, program. So there were times I wouldn't set the traps, you know. There were days I would go without trapping them, and I'd see them out there, and they would be taunting me, and I'd say, yeah, I'll get you. Just wait till the Saturday when I have time, because I don't want to leave them out there, you know. I mean, I don't want to come back and find a squirrel, you know, in the cage stressed out so that he's been there for a day or two. And so I was always thinking of the animal's uh, welfare. Uh, keep in mind, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not a... I'm not a softie, but at the same time, I don't want to inflict undue harm in what I can. Do no harm. But anyway, I was reaching a point where I saw fewer and fewer occurrences of trapping a squirrel. And uh, once I got to the magic number of 44 and I set the traps out, lo and behold, a week went by and not a single squirrel. Then another week, and maybe one squirrel, but he'd be running along the perimeter of my yard. He wouldn't come in it. And so all I could figure was maybe the word was out that this was a no-squirrel zone among the squirrel community and they were, you know, keeping their distance, which was fine with me. But people were, would make fun of me when I'd post on Facebook. They'd say, oh, they're just going to come back there. They're jumping on the back of your car bumper after you let them go. You just don't know it. You know, something out of a cartoon. And I said, well, I don't know. And some people have even suggested I should paint them before I release them with some marker to see if that were to happen. And I thought, well, yeah, I could get with a wildlife and fisheries and see if there's some research project involved. Maybe, maybe I could get a grant or something. But uh, where do you see it ending? Are you ever you gonna you gonna sell your traps if if you if you go weeks without one showing up? No, no, no. The traps are there, ready to go. You'll never, ever, ever completely remove squirrels unless you just you know have a scorched earth policy. And so unless you get rid of the food sources, unless you remove the foliage, unless you just totally have a very bleak landscape, you're always gonna have squirrels. I think they're you know, and it's and it's okay to have a few, but once they start getting out of control. And this is really what it is. It's not so much eradication as it is control. Eradication would be nice, 
Uh, by that I mean it would be nice to go squirrel free for several weeks at a time. Uh, before I came over here today, there were two in my yard. Uh, will I set the trap out now? I don't know. This time of year, it might not be a good idea with colder weather. You have to think that they're nesting, and I would hate to upset the balance of nature by removing a parent squirrel from a from a nest. You know, so. But come springtime, hey, it's game on again. The squirrels, like I say, they are a source of amusement, but they're also a source of um, disappointment as far as once they step the line and start start chewing uh, into my house or destroying my plants or competing for other more preferred species like birds, that sort of thing, they, they, they are a nuisance. I, I don't hate them so much as I'm disappointed by them. And so by being disappointed, they need to be, they need to be shown the air of their ways and in another environment. The reason this story sort of appealed to me is because it speaks to a part of me like a man or a, a woman a person once you've staked your claim in this world you like to kind of think i've got that taken care of you know we bought a house mm -hmm. we took that big step you know we keep the yard clean we have home insurance we're responsible adults yet you can't do anything about something like hundreds of roving rodents eating your home no. you know, and you know what I mean you can't you can shore up the walls to try to keep the world out but it will find a way in through every any little hole you got and who knows it might eat the wiring in your attic and burn your house down and, and the other thing too is that you know some people listening to this say well the squirrels were there first no they weren't the neighborhood was there first the squirrels might have been there you know hundreds of years ago but it was a cotton field, mm -hmm. and they didn't show up until, until I planted trees. And so they were more or less uninvited guests, but when they first arrived, I said, Oh, look, a squirrel, look, how cute. My wife would sit there and see him in a nice little flying circus in the backyard. It was always fun to watch, and sometimes they could be comical and, and in their own squirrel fashion. But once you go out there and start seeing chunks of wood, and I'm not kidding, these are not little nibbles. These are huge areas that were destroyed that would cost me four figures to replace and and I was just going oh my god my property value is going to be affected by this the safety of my patio is going to be affected by this if they get in the attic uh, they could burn the house down they could short out a wire or they could uh, you know disrupt heating uh, ventilation air conditioning uh, I mean you know it sounds like a bad Chevy Chase movie but it's true they could they could wreak some considerable havoc. I just want to find a way to where we could peacefully coexist and come up to some sort of, you know, uh, understanding between me and them, but so far they're not budging. So I've got to remove them. As a result of my Facebook postings, I've had many people message me or, or poke me for squirrel uh, relocation or capture and relocation tips. So yeah, it's, it, it is part of my, uh, I guess part of who I am now. I'm, maybe I should have a, a, a patch on my shoulder or something, you know, with a squirrel and a slash through it. It's weird the things that we accidentally become experts in in life. You know what I mean? Like, Chuck had no intention to ever be the squirrel relocation man. Do you have any other questions, Sarah? No, I just, I, now I know who to call if we ever have a squirrel problem. <laughs> <laughs> 
just for the listeners, don't call Chuck if you have a squirrel problem. <laughs> it's your own personal journey. <laughs> That was Chuck Smith living the squirrel-free life in Bossier City. Thank you, Chuck, for sharing your incredible story about tenacity in the face of invaders. You know, after we heard Chuck's story, uh, Sarah and I could not resist doing a little bit of background research, trying to figure out how did we get here? How did we get to a point where squirrels, which are not a native species in the United States, are eating the homes of everyone we love? We went to our friend Randy Ross. Um, he is a former storyteller on um, All Y'all. He told a story some time back. You can find it at the All Y'all blog website. It's allyallblog.com. And we had heard that Randy had some expertise on the subject of squirrels. So I'm not going to set this up anymore. I'm just going to tell you, here's Randy Ross's take on the whole squirrel situation in America. He's going to clear up some myths, myths rather, surrounding the, the squirrel. Thanks for listening. Now, there are a lot of popular misconceptions about squirrels out there. And I'd like to take a moment of your time to try and clear some of these up. The squirrel is a member of the rodent family, Sciuridae, which is Latin for sneaky little bastard. In the squirrel family, you got the tree squirrel, you got the ground squirrel, you got chipmunks, marmots, including woodchucks and squirrel monkeys. Now, in the United States, people have different relationships with squirrels and they call them different things. Like up and down the Atlantic seaboard, they call them tree rats. And in the Midwest, they don't call them anything because there aren't any trees in the Midwest and they don't have any squirrels. Now in the Pacific Northwest, including down into Southern California, they call them little forest dudes. But here in the South, I think the common colloquialism for the squirrel is usually lunch, dinner, or maybe breakfast. Now the squirrel first popped into the urban consciousness in 1847 in Philadelphia when three squirrels whom I believe were named the Nina, the Pinta, and Santa Maria, were released into Franklin Square as a part of Edward Law Olmsted's park service because he wanted to connect with nature. And because this is America, things got out of hand really quickly. To the point where in the early 20th century, America was completely overrun with squirrels. And fortunately for this great country, the Great Depression occurred because there was a, the massive armies of hobos that roamed the country used squirrels for their hobo stew. And so this brought the balance of nature back into position. So it was only after World War II, after we had bombed the Japanese into submission, that the squirrel once again became 
a part of the public consciousness. When Nebraska Senator Roman Hrushka introduced a bill, the Squirrel Restoration Act that made the squirrels an endangered species and allowed them to repopulate the country. That's all the information I have on the squirrel, except I do want to say one more thing. The flying squirrel is an urban myth. There ain't no such thing as a flying squirrel. Nobody's ever seen a flying squirrel. There's never been one caught on film. So don't be bringing in that flying squirrel stuff to me. I want to hear it. Because I'm from Texas. And in Texas, the squirrels are called prairie dogs. Thank you.